When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Drifter Sympathy on SBI Audio. This season is made possible through the generous support of Patreon subscribers. To become a patron, visit Drifter Sympathy on Facebook and hear more music at holysons.bandcamp.com. One of the first big concerts I ever went to was at the Dean Dome where Michael Jordan used to play. It must have been like 90 or 91. And my first guru, Ron, took me out to see the Grateful Dead. And Jerry was still alive. And I think he earnestly thought it was just going to blow my mind and I would see the light. But I was still straight edge coming out of hardcore into Leonard Cohen and and lo-fi and stuff so I wasn't prepped for it at all and it was pretty much terrible I mean I love things about the dead I still like a lot of their stuff but I'm pretty sure that period is is known as one of the worst times of their career when Jerry was essentially dying of heroin addiction on stage to some degree The crowd just thoroughly confused me. I wasn't even anthropologically ready to figure out the parking lot or all these old drunk women just spinning around and falling down and shit. Not even making fun of it. It's just that's what was going on. You know, it was interesting. But the one thing I took away from it was that I had lived down the street from this huge, hard-drinking, scary motherfucker... I used to go over to my friend Brian's house, listen to Salt and Pepper, watch Friday the 13th, and play Mike Tyson's Punch Out, which is pretty much the 80s in a nutshell, if you weren't there. So, this hard drinking neighbor of Brian's graduated into the leader of the skinheads in our town. Now, that was not really a pre existing movement, it was just down in the crevices of the working class teenagers going nowhere or guys who got back from the military it was just like a place to hang out 
It wasn't altogether friendly, but it was certainly anti-racist and more hell-bent on just opposing all mainstream idiots, kids going deep into the bougie robotic lives that their parents had programmed them to, and also just being sort of guardians of the underground whatever that means to you to us in the 80s it was kind of like this hyper real thing we were really intense about it because it was sort of our family and that family is kind of gone now As flawed as all these people were, the one thing that was fascinating is that you looked around in these tiny groups of people at a show or just on the Stonewall downtown, and people, each one of them, seemed completely unique in their way. Maybe I was wearing crazy rose-tinted glasses, but people seemed more unique. The skinheads scared the shit out of me, and I was drawn deeply into their darkness, and I wanted to understand it. But when I circled back and saw the hippies, I was like, good God, these people are much scarier. I don't know which underground I'd rather infiltrate, if I'd rather go undercover into the skinhead movement or the hippie movement. They're both equally terrifying. The skinheads try to push you away. They are meant to be repellent. Everything is about aggression. But the hippies who hold out their open arms and pull you in are the ones that seem much more dangerous and liable to poison you slowly. So we're going to go back to the mid-60s when things got really fucking confusing and sincerity or insincerity became dangerous either way. So strange and round, so big and 
That was John Kay and the Sparrow before he started Steppenwolf. This is a clip of Roger McGuinn talking with Hugh Hefner at the Playboy Mansion in 1968. The Birds really are, uh, I think, one of the first American groups to really capture the new sound and uh, also took the beating when it was really new. Right. Now it's, I think it's become so much of a style that... Uh, We've cut our hair back now that it's uh, so popular. You know? Going back the other way. I think it's uh, it's becoming more the norm. We're trying to get away from it. Particularly with young people, but it's remarkable how much uh, the, the dress and the hair and the rest of it is really affecting the total population. Oh, definitely, yeah. I really don't want to give Hugh Hefner any credit, but... I guess what was going on was just so painfully obvious, maybe even as a businessman or a predator. He was just aware of the underground being eaten up and then sold back to itself. You can hear the anger in Roger McGuinn's voice. You gotta think within like six to eight years of these people's lives, they watched Dylan and Pete Seeger and these people strike out politically against a machine that they thought was very real. And then they're on TV and they're part of the machine. So fucking Roger McGuinn is wearing a military outfit and he's about to play traditional country on Playboy After Dark. There's something fucked up is going on here. There's a sense of not trusting their own counterculture anymore. There's a sense of pushing it away. Just like George Harrison always says when he went to San Francisco, he's like, fuck this shit. Soon will be gone 
time to get out and clean up the zone. If he had his life to live over, if he had his life to live over, if he had his life to live over, if he had his life to There should be an obvious parallel to the mid-60s to now. You can see some kind of one-dimensional hippie whining about how these new hippies are moving in on his block. That's just the hipster now, right? Like, they're just so worried that the rent's going up and... There's new hipsters that also don't contribute anything to the community. But what do you contribute? That's the question. As the artist, isn't it on you to actually bring substance to your community? That's a tall challenge. Portraits of tomorrow, and this is my room. Sunshine, a thing of the past. The ever-present dark, leaving its mark. Till the last And then I'm gone But the world outside goes on And
Those last two tracks were this bizarre 60s record called The Cambridge Concept of Timothy Clover, A Harvard Square Affair, which I think is mostly nonsense, but, man, it's just one of those accidental slash somewhat contrived records that are uh, just hit this bizarre spot for me. I realize I'm fucked up, but... Now on to one of my favorite genres... The final song on a record when it seems like the producer left or the rest of the band left and the one weirdo in the band gets a chance to write his sort of suicidal ballad. This is an obscure song by the Grassroots who were mostly known for the Sha-la-la-la-la-la Live For Today song, which begins with this sample. a beautiful ode to depression unexplicably called Dinner for Eight. Time don't mean that much to me People come and Try to find some good in all Then they go and let me down Time don't mean that much to me The days and weeks may travel on Practice smiles and shiny Days of fun I counted on I'd ask my friends with me But as the day drew to a close Alone, alone, alone I'd be Callous time will pass me by my open wounds may heal I pick my friends with caution now so the days and years and tears I won't Here's a great quote from David Lynch on growing up in the 50s. All the problems were there, but it was somehow glossed over. And then the gloss broke, or rotted, and it all came oozing out. 
It's strange to think that liberation itself and sort of the revenge of Bohemia would also be bringing forward tons of nasty feelings and, and terrible shit that was just buried below underneath the glass of repression. It's not unlike the dead parking lot where you've got this temporary autonomous zone that a criminal can easily see as a perfect opportunity to blend in and take advantage of all these vulnerable people who are looking for familial love or to belong somewhere or just score drugs and do whatever it takes to get them. Like the Catholic Church or any cult, you know, these are perfect predatory grounds. Sometimes I wonder if rock music actually was able to achieve levels of total depravity that Egyptian kings may not have even been able to climb to just sheerly because the harem of a hair metal band was actually a group of willing slaves. All right, back to our thesis of questionable sincerity. we got to reach back into the West Coast pop art experimental band By their final record, Bob Marquis' lyrics have slid straight down a kind of vicious slope into just total pedophilia. It's almost hard to even listen to at all, but I'm including one of the good songs to some degree. You make up your mind yourself just how fucked up this music is, but the record itself is called Where's My Daddy? And this almost childlike hippie lullaby is called Outside Inside. Outside, inside, all around Outside, inside, all around me Outside, inside, all around Everywhere I go I'll handle you gently And stroke your hair You were hardly Outside, inside, all around me. Outside. 
I just can't even believe there's this document of something so openly fucked up and predatory. But that must have just, like, been so unsuccessful at the time that nobody blinked or they just looked the other way and paid attention to Jimi Hendrix with his guitar on fire or something. I think they could win an award for being the band that used the most reverse psychology of all time. Every song is either, like, a warning about, like, a bad man that's going to come and take advantage of you, which is clearly the lyricist. You've already got Where's My Daddy, the other record's called A Child's Guide to Good and Evil. And they're singing shit like, oh, you're much too young for me. We better stop now. So we'll call this like a false warning genre, but this is one of their best ones in that category. Now you have a woman shape. Thunderbolts in your fingertips. He has his eyes pinned on you Be careful, he has whips and chains And he plays ancient games of hurt Anyone standing in his way He can change the color of the sky If he wants to But it's only magic used to him That's you Don't be easily taken Or he won't remember you at all As the world rises and falls As the world rises and falls Things up. We're going to go to this band called Cartoon. 
They were the first UK band ever signed to Atlantic before Zeppelin. Then Zeppelin breaks, and they get their big chance in 69 to come support them in the U.S., they show up and just get dropped and left for dead. Atlantic refuses to release the second album that was in their contract, and they're never heard of again.
It's good to drink and think. But now I can't find where I got this next song. It's somewhere in my records. Can somebody figure this out? from the reissue frontier. This is Beauregard Ajax with Deaf Priscilla. <laughs> this is the cutest shit, man. Like, if you go on YouTube, you can look up the stuff, and there's always, like, the bassist to the drummer in the comments, and th- this guy looks so darling. His name is Leo Hartshorn. Ten months ago, he posted this. I was a drummer in Beauregard Ajax in 67 and 68. This album was never released until 38 years after it was recorded. I never received a cent, and yet I'm glad another generation gets to hear what we did back in the late 60s. Yesterday's paper is scattered and strewn round the floor. And it's too much to stand. Midsummer capers are funny no more. And I don't understand So it's goodbye again Goodbye again Goodbye again Goodbye again Goodbye again Something is better But nothing that's better is real What's to be then? Unfinished letters are addressed and sealed 
Rumble on Mercy Square South, something I'm sure everybody can relate to. There's a semi-righteous moment of the angry kids striking back against the flower generation, knowingly or unknowingly creating a whole new product of their own. All is peace and quiet in our little town.
I was always a sucker for the sense that the British were transmitting some sort of SOS signal across the ocean or asking for some sort of kindred spirit and it kind of crackling over the, the radio waves. Here's one that has a kind of transatlantic urgency by the Apple called The Other Side. Say 
we're going to move into a safer space with Jim and Dale. This is perplexing to me because the production is so good that you search the back of the record for some name like John Barry that is capable of rendering folk songs to sound this epic with classical guitars and strings battling and it just seems to say that Jim and Dale produced this themselves and yet only made one record called 86% of us which is a really weird title I know this is like really straight music that's like probably going to bore the shit out of somebody but there are these nice shadings of like brighter later Nick Drake that you'll pick up on every once in a while that are just really musically sophisticated and beautiful.
tape and faded that little classical guitar back up. I can't decide if this stuff is insincere or if it's just too sincere. Here's one more from Jim and Dale. I don't know what the lesson is for today. Maybe just trust no one.
Alright, we gotta shut this down on a somewhat fiery tip. The West Coast Pop Art Experimental Band is gonna take us out with their ham-fisted attempt to get political. Suppose they give a war and no one comes. Here's a marching. Here's a drum. Suppose they give a war and no one comes. 